Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. The only daily Premier League podcast. This is Football Social Daily. Welcome to Football Social Daily, your daily Premier League podcast, which we'll level with you right now. Isn't actually daily at the moment because we're all enjoying a bit of downtime at the end of the Premier League season. Every single day of the campaign, a brand new podcast. But whilst it's the summer and it's all transfer news, basically, we're down to three days a week, Monday, Wednesday and Friday, keeping you right on top of all of the latest English top flight news and opinion. If you hit subscribe, that way you won't miss an episode. And as I say, it is dominated by transfer news today. Spurs have been in the market. They've picked up a really exciting free transfer. Ivan Perisic is coming to the Premier League. We'll talk about that. But could one other Premier League star be leaving English shores? Raheem Sterling allegedly attracting interest from overseas with some huge clubs supposedly in the running for his signature. Plus, there are some potential shock moves on the cards, including one of Chelsea's key players who may be on his way to Manchester United, according to one newspaper. We'll talk about all of that on today's show. Alongside me, Marley Anderson and Joel Tudor. Morning, boys. Good morning. How are you? I'm all right, mate. Yeah, not too bad. I uh, I indulged in some exercise last night for the first time in ages. I went away last week and... Um, I'm not a big fan of running. You know, a lot of people are into their jogging. Like Jim, for example, is really into his running. I can't get on with it, you see. I find it really boring. boring. Oh, so boring. I ran about a mile and a half, two miles, and I thought, I'm going home. I can't can't be bothered with this. (laughs) So you're not three three lungs park then? (laughs) No, I'm not like Park Ji Sung. I'm definitely not. Uh, I'm more like half a lung uh, with the amount of uh, (laughs) stamina I've got. But um, I made it. I'm alive this morning. I actually feel quite a lot better for it, but I'm not sure I'll be putting myself through that again. Um, But yeah, I'm all good. So is that your final run for the year? That's my pre-season done, Joel, yeah. 
That's me sorted. <laughs> pre-season training done for September. Now. Um, talking of pre-season, Tottenham Hotspur will have a fresh face in amongst their preparations when they come back together before the start of the new season in a few weeks' time. And that fresh face is Ivan Perisic, the Croatian international who's played more than 100 times for his country. Formerly of Inter Milan, he leaves on a free transfer. He's also spent some time at Bayern Munich in the past. We've spoken so many times about Tottenham Mali and about how the owners can be stingy at times. And when Maurizio Pochettino was there, they had a good squad, but they didn't strengthen the squad. They didn't invest. They stuck with what they had. But with Antonio Conte at the helm, that's not really going to wash. The Italian wanted backing. It looks like he's going to get some. We'll talk about that shortly. But this is a free transfer and it's a player with proven quality. This has excited quite a lot of Spurs fans and you can see why. It has, yeah. Um, the It's funny that you said like uh, uh, Levy's been sort of stingy in, in the past and, and not willing to spend money and he's gone out and spent the grand total of zero on a free transfer for Italy with Perisic but <laughs> it's a different it's a different type of free this um because you know he, he comes with such a a pedigree you know he's, he's done everything pretty much in in world football he's won the Champions League he's won titles around the world he's played in the World Cup final he's scored goals he's he's been versatile he's played in different positions and and had a good record everywhere so um, even though he's he's thirty, is he thirty? Just turned thirty three, so he's um, he's almost like risk free, really. Like I know you look at players of that age and go, oh, you know what's what's the point? But if it's an immediate improvement for a year or two years, you know you've moved your club forward. Like a lot of people, I've seen a lot of. Uh, uh, Arsenal fans on social media be like, ah, oh, I look at them, they look at them, them signing old people, and we've got this young squad. But it was it was only a year ago and two years ago that Arsenal were signing David Luiz, Willian, and and you know ancient <laughs> retirement home players, and and everyone criticising for it. And look how it worked out. It it worked out, you know, with, with them blowing a massive load of their wages, wage budget on on rubbish, and and selling them on for nothing or giving them away in in some um, capacity. So. Um, it's it's something where Perisic can can fit the Conte system. He's worked with Conte. He knows exactly what to expect. Um, he knows his position. I think he's, he's turned from uh, winger into wing back in in one of Conte's systems when he was at Inter. Um, he's completely two footed. He, he's literally the most two footed player I've ever seen. Um, you you don't know whether he's at right footed or left footed um, at all to this day. Um, and yeah, he's it. It's pretty risk free to be honest. So I think Spurs needed improvements in at wing back. Um, and yeah, he's come in to to kick that off, and we'll see how he does. Yeah, we'll talk about the wing back thing in a second, but let's talk about that capital that was kind of released for Tottenham last week. And the news was, if you missed it, that Tottenham have basically said that they're going to invest 150 million more into the club this summer. Largely, we think that will be spent on players. Obviously, there'll be a little bit spent on the wages and the bonuses and the add-ons and things with Perisic's contract, but he's a free transfer, so there's no fee paid for him. So whether that eats into the 150 million too much, I'm not so sure. But we know that he was going to be backed um, we said so many times that Conte won't take it if he isn't backed. He'd probably just walk away because that's the kind of manager he is. He's got one through the door, Joel. How many more do you think he'll bring in? It remains to be seen, to be honest, but I think Levy's been very, very tactical with that statement. It just came out just prior to the season finishing and I think 
Spurs fans were getting a little bit jittery about what was going to happen at the end of the season because obviously they finished really strongly. They've got into the Champions League. Um, the team looks really solid. Obviously, Son's finished joint top scorer um, instead of Kane, which is pretty unheard of as well. So I think Spurs fans were looking at the situation thinking, this is the chance for us to push on now. And they didn't have belief in Spurs actually going on and securing Conte for another season or two. And I think that statement has just eased every fan's worries and probably Conte's, to be honest, because like you just mentioned, he was only going to stay if he knew that next season is not going to be another trudge to get top four again. Because as he's always said in his, his statements, he's an ambitious guy and it's unusual for him to have to celebrate or go for top four season after season. Because in, in Serie A, he was constantly going for the title or number one. And even at Chelsea, when he was in England, he was always going for number one. So this was very, very tactical on Tottenham's part and probably the reason why he stayed. But yeah, it is funny because they've started this. They started the transfers off by two free signings, which is Fraser Forster and Ivan Perisic. Um, so they're both very, they're very utility type signings, aren't they? Especially Perisic. I mean, he, he well, he initially got sent out to Bayern Munich while Conte was at Inter Milan because he didn't he didn't think that he could do a job at the left wing back position. And after winning the Champions League with him and being incredible at Bayern, now he's brought him over to Tottenham. But he's he's the most Conte player I can think of. He's the most system player who can play every position possible. Um, and now Tottenham just need to pretty much sort out that midfield because I know Lo Celso and Dombele is probably going to be on their way and them two have been an absolute disaster of two signings. That's, what, nearly $100 million down the drain. They'll probably get back a, a good... 30 to 40 million for them so that's one that they can write off straight away um but yeah i think improving the defense getting another center back and another midfielder should get them somewhere or somewhere about trying to close the gap on liverpool and in manchester and manchester city again but it's, it's it's a really good start i think it's such a strong signing for a system that conte plays with three at the back because perisic that position he's made his own over the years so well um, and on, on a free transfer, I mean, you can't really argue with that, can you? It's just risk-free. So, so far, so good. But let's see what they can do in the summer because there's a massive... I think this summer's probably the most competitive summer we've, we're going to see because every single big club is out there looking for players and it feels as though there's a massive shortage of you know top strikers, of top midfielders and top wing-backs. So it's going to be a very difficult one for Spurs as well because as we saw in January they weren't able to get Luis Diaz because Liverpool suddenly pounced and they were out of the race um, so it'll be interesting to see who they target but I think with Paratici's links in terms of Serie A I think they're in a pretty strong position there I think talking about wing backs is the right way to go I think we're on the right lines by discussing that when it comes to Tottenham lads because I've seen some people discuss this signing and suggesting that that front three, in inverted commas, is scary. Perisic, Son and Harry Kane. But there's probably a likelihood that he will play in the wing-back position, even though, as Marley says, he can play further forward. And that's kind of where he started in a sort of a wider position. Does that depend, Marley, I suppose, on whether Conte goes and signs other wing-backs and then is able to use Perisic further forward? Or do you think he will actually be deployed as a wing-back first and foremost because that's where he's been playing the last couple of seasons he's won the Scudetto 
two years ago with Conte. Conte goes to Spurs. They finished second just behind their city rivals, AC Milan, this season. So um, I suppose he'll come in as a wing-back, but the fact he has that versatility will be useful. Yeah, I think um, it just sort of underlines how sort of smart the signing is as well. Like if if we're sat here debating where he's going to play, as Joel said, you know, he's, he's versatile. He, he can play left wing back, right wing back, or in one of them holes behind Kane, like where Son or, or Kulisevsky's been playing so well this season. So it just sort of um, gives another string to his bow, really. Um, the only sort of worry I'd have about him is, is he... Is he physical enough anymore? Has he got the pace and the um, the stamina to keep up with the Premier League? But with that level of experience, I'm pretty sure he could uh, he could do a job and find his way around uh, around a situation if if one came up. So yeah, it's um, it seems smart smartish business as we said. It's it's, it's risk free um, and he gives depth. And I think Spurs could do with a a bit of depth because at times last year when they were struggling for an impact, you just need a little bit of little bit of know-how and I think people were, were linking Christian Eriksen with a move back and it's it's that kind of guile and uh, and creativity that Spurs sometimes lacked a little bit uh, last year. I remember watching them against Brentford and they were just they were clueless against Brentford. They didn't know didn't know what to do. Brentford just had a really comfortable game against them. I think it ended nil nil just before Spurs went on a run towards the end of the season. Um and it was one of them games where they just needed something off the bench but they didn't have it. And because they had Kane on already, they had Son on. I think Kulisewski was already playing. And when you're bringing on players like Lucas Moura, who's who's obviously a good player, but he's he's very very clearly second choice. You don't bring them off. You don't bring them on the pitch and go, well, you're knackered now because him and Bergwijn are coming on. Like it's it's a different sort of level. And if you can bring on someone with Perisic's experience, um, or even start him and bring someone else on for fresh legs later, um, yeah. I think it's a, a smart move. How much more of that do they need, though, Marley? You talk about the strengthening that Spurs need. How much of it do they need to be regular top four contenders? Because they're back in the Champions League. Antonio Conte won't just want to be there to make up the numbers. It'd be no use if Tottenham toiled all season to then just get knocked out in the group stages of the Champions League. That won't do anyone any good. So, you know, they need to win a trophy as well. We always talk about Spurs and how they haven't won a trophy since 2008. Conte is a man who knows how to win and could change that. But how much more strengthening do they need? How many more players in positions do, the, do they need to look at? Um, I'm, I'm not entirely sure, to be honest, because <laughs> the first the first team's good. Obviously, yeah. like, you know... I think Joel's right. I think they need another midfield player because I'm yeah. not having Hoybier. I don't think he's quite up to it in terms of is he capable of playing in the Champions League? Has Hoybier ever played in the Champions League? Um, I know Owen, who's a big Tottenham fan who works for us at Sports Social, says that they've really missed um, Oliver Skip, which I think is a an interesting one because mm. I think has he been injured all season? Someone who, who's quite good. Harry Winks, not in the England squad at the moment, was for a while, but he's not kind of... Maybe at the level that's required, he could be a good backup player. And then, as Joel says, Lo Celso and, and Dombele are both probably going to be on their way. So I reckon centre mid, they're going to need someone. But and, and like what Joel said again, there's not exactly a great deal out there at the moment that you can bring in and say that's really a, a top signing. Yeah, I think um, you, you're probably probably right there. I think when when Spurs were struggling last season, it, it coincided with the fact that they couldn't work out their centre midfield issues really um, when they had injuries I think to Skip got injured and Winks came in and he was he was alright but not like effective enough um, so I think maybe if you can get someone in there then 
then you know to play alongside Ben Tancur or or alongside or come in for Hoiberg or, or something like that. Um, then maybe that, and if they can get Bastoni from from Inter as well, uh, as Conte continues his his complete Inter raid, um, I think that's a good sign in a centre back as well for that sort of left sided centre back role. Because as as solid as Ben Davis is, I don't think he's the best the best defender um, out there and, and available for the job. So if they can bring in Bastoni and a centre midfielder, maybe. I've always said they needed a second striker, but I've always said as well that it's really hard to get a guy to come and sit on the bench behind Harry Kane every week and play 10 minutes here and there. So it's um, maybe if, if the right man comes along for that job as well with the five subs being introduced, maybe you can guarantee someone a little bit more playing time to play uh, in the Cups and, and the odd league game behind, behind Harry Kane. But if it's not really the end of the world if you can't get someone like that. So I would say maybe just centre back and centre midfield, two more signings on top of what you've got and you're looking at a, a really strong uh, really strong team. Yeah, I agree. I just think Spurs look a little bit top heavy at the moment. Um let's presume Perisic comes in as a wing back. You look at their forward players, there's Son, there's Kane, there's Kulishevsky, there's Bergvine, there's Lucas Moura. Um they could possibly bring someone else in as well. So if you're looking at that, you're thinking, wow, okay, they, they've got some decent attacking talent and then possibly add Perisic into that mix as well. And you've got even more attacking quality, but it's just that midfield for me. It looks really light at the moment. So I wonder whether that will be someone who Conte brings in another midfielder, but Tottenham have signed on a free transfer after he left Inter Milan, the Croatian international Ivan Perisic. This should be an interesting one. I'm actually really excited to see how he and Tottenham get on next season. Now, another player who's also being talked up with a move is currently in the Premier League and he plays for the champions. That's Raheem Sterling, but he could be on his way out of the Etihad Stadium. We'll discuss that next after this. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Football's Social Daily. Find more great sport at sport-social.co.uk. This is Football Social Daily. Welcome back to the podcast. Three days a week, Monday, Wednesday and Friday, whilst we're in the off-season. And of course, you can catch up with everything going on, whether it comes to transfers or all the other Premier League news, by hitting subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. My name's Niall. I've got Joel Tudor and Marley Anderson alongside me. And we're going to discuss Raheem Sterling now, who, according to some reports today in the newspapers, is attracting interest from overseas clubs. He's got one year left on his Manchester City deal. He's just won the Premier League title. We know how good he can be, Joel. 
Should Manchester City be fighting to keep him? Should they be tabling a new contract offer with one year to go? You'd think so because, I mean, his, his, his output's been absolutely ridiculous for them. I think last season he got 17 goals in all competitions and he was he didn't have the most appearance-based season last year and even the season before that uh, going into the Euros I think I remember him quite unhappy going into that Euros and really out to prove everyone wrong because Pep had started to slowly bench him into the side and I think now that if if they do I think next season he's going to be more reliant on Grealish and I just feel as though Sterling he's, he's still very young in football terms he's still he's only 27 and he's still got probably his best years ahead of him and he's he, He's he's in, he's got such a stature as a, as a player that he could pretty much choose what club he goes to. I think, um, and I just think that with the privilege that City have in terms of their financial power, they can literally move on any player they want to and bring someone in who's of equal quality. The only thing that I see happening is that I don't believe they'll want to get rid of him this summer. Uh, purely because I have a feeling that Bernardo Silva might push for another move away again um, because I think Pep Guardiola had to convince him last year to try and stay on for another season um, so I, I would watch that one to Barcelona if they can sort the financial situation out but Sterling has been such a, an incredibly effective player and I think he's improved so much under Guardiola um, although his finishing, if his finishing was something of that of like Harland or Aguero in terms of his clinicalness he would be probably top five players in the world and I, I don't even mean that as an exaggeration like you're right with his numbers you look at the numbers okay so it's 109 goals in 320 Premier League appearances from the wing I mean that's decent that's like one in three one in three from the wing and obviously a fair few of those 320 appearances came at Liverpool where he wasn't scoring as many goals 13 goals in 30 Premier League games this season that's nearly one in two and he's considered as having a quieter season as as he did the season before and we've always said this, Marley, haven't we? If he could finish, because I can remember clearly some chances he's had this season where I'm just thinking, you donut, how have you not scored there? I mean, anyone can score from there. And yet there he is with these ridiculous numbers. And, you know, I know sometimes you're going to miss chances and stuff like that, but he's still pumping out, as Joel says, these big numbers. Yeah, I think that um, speaks about how many tr- how many chances Manchester City create because he's scored so many goals and he's he's... He still could have had way more, um, like you say. You know, I totally agree because his um, his, his finishing's definitely got better since uh, since working with Guardiola. But it's still, I, th- I, I think even Pep sort Do of. Do you think he would succeed at a side like he wouldn't create as many chances as City though? No, that's why I think they should keep him. And this is my opinion personally. I think they should keep him for another year at least um, or another two-year contract. He's got a year left at the moment. So if like what you say, maybe they should look at it at the end of his deal. I mean, he could leave on a free transfer, which is not something City really tend to let happen. Um, I know they did it with Aguero. I know they did it with Silva. Um, but they were coming to the end of their careers. Raheem Sterling's what? Still only 28, something like that. So, it, you know, if he does have a year left, they could still get a fee for him. Um Big thing. So I think they should, uh, yeah, exactly. And I think they should be keeping him because he works in Pep's system. He understands Pep's system. If he went to somewhere like Real Madrid, who are linked with him in the press today, or Bayern Munich, they do they create as many chances? Well, no, I think you only need to look at the Champions League final between Real Madrid and Liverpool. 
to know that you've got Vinicius Jr. sort of scampering in at the far post to finish off that chance. But apart from that, they didn't really create too much. I thought Liverpool defended pretty well in the end and it was just that one moment of incisiveness. You know, and if if you've got Raheem Sterling running through one-on-one for a chance for Real Madrid and he misses it, and he misses it again and again and again. Those Real Madrid fans will get on top of you quite quickly. Whereas I think with Manchester City, they're so relentless with the chances they create that before you know it, once he's missed one chance, the next one comes along and he's put it away and everyone forgets about it. Mm, yeah, it's a f- fair point. But I, I think maybe if you put him in a slightly uh, lower team, he could be the chance creator uh, more than more than anything else. Like That's true. If, if I was... I've said this before. I, I don't know how true it is, but I would be if I if I was involved at Newcastle, I would be trying. I'd be looking at that deal. A year on his contract, you need a statement signing to bring in this sort of new era. Um, you need a project that might excite him. You know, could could you not go and sort of tempt the tempt the waters with like sixty five, seventy million pound bid for a guy with a year left on his contract? Would you not fancy it? I don't know. Don't know if you would because. It's about what el- what else is out there. He's not going to go to, um, you know, Chelsea. Uh, Arsenal probably can't aren't in a position to go and get him. I wonder if Liverpool would fancy him back. You know, with with if Salah and Mane leave, could they be tempted by trying to bring him back and and patch over the uh, the waters with the with the fans? I think the fans would would, would get on side with him pretty quickly. They'd end up saying. Yeah, oh, he was always scouse and he always wanted to come back and stuff like that. Then, <laughs> as soon as he scores a goal in a Carabao Cup game, they'd, they'd be all over him again. I would think, I'd, <laughs> but it's I don't I don't know because I can't see him going to Real Madrid because even though there's like a probably a gap in their squad for him on that right wing, like if Hazard gets fit, does he does he get in the team ahead of him and ahead of Vinicius? I don't I don't think so. Barcelona won't want him because they they can't afford an isolate at the minute. Never mind a, a new player. Um, you know where who does that leave? Like Inter and Juventus and, and AC don't need. Well, him. Bayern, Bayern Munich. So, yeah, maybe. yeah the, the two teams are linked today mainly as Real Madrid and Bayern mm. Munich. So I mean, I think that tells you something in itself about how highly he's regarded. Of course, this is all just a newspaper. Talk. Maybe, maybe Bayern, but but if they went and got Mane. As as the rumours are as well that like that they want Sadio Mane, you know, do they need Mane and Sterling? Like, you know, do to they... be fair, Bayern are just trying to know. replace Robin and Ribery. Still, they're trying to find that combination. Well, and Lewandowski from next season, Joe, he'll be gone. That's, yeah, true. Uh, apparently, yeah. Sane has been told he can leave as well. So, ah, uh, I don't know. A lot of a uh, lot of movement in there. <laughs> yeah. A lot of moving parts in this thing. It's hard to yeah. hard to to keep track of it. But yeah, uh, he may end up somewhere. And if if the time is, if he is going to leave, the time is now with a year left, so they they can get a fee. And is a year younger than he will be moving on a free sort of thing. A lot of ifs, buts, and maybes. This transfer window. I think this is going to be one of the more exciting summers we've had in the last few years, actually, um, because there are so many holes to fill in different clubs. But if you were Raheem Sterling, Joel. What would you do? What would be your thought process here? Because in terms of how he's been treated in this country over the years, he has been targeted by the English press in the past and it's not been very nice. He still scored 13 goals in 30 Premier League games last season, but I think you're right in saying the last 18 months have been slightly more frustrating for him. But he's picked up four Premier League titles. He scored more than 100 Premier League goals. 
He's certainly someone who could go down as one of the best English players of a generation, even though he's not thought of in that light for some reason at this moment in time. If he stays, as Marley says, there's a year left. Is it time for a change? Would you be looking at Real Madrid and Bayern Munich and going, yeah, I fancy that? Well, first of all, I'm definitely not going to Newcastle. Um, <laughs> Why not? I actually, I actually want to win things in the next year or two. Um, we'll win so... the Conference League next, uh, the year after next. <laughs> I'm sure he can't wait for that one. To be fair, it'd be his first European trophy. Um, <laughs> be up against Manchester so... United dropping out of the Europa League. <laughs> uh, yeah, you you quiet down now. Um, I think, you know what? I, I'm going to keep those two clubs aside. I think Chelsea makes so much sense. Just because their forward line needs an absolute revamp, regardless of how much they've spent, and I think him they've on got that like left hand side. Seven attackers, though. Yeah, but I mean, how many are going to be moved on? Lukaku's probably going to go back to Inter. Zayech is hasn't pulled up trees. Havertz is still trying to find his feet, I would say, and then that leaves you with basically barely no one. Then doesn't it? I think he could be one of the figure pins Hudson in there, Adoy, striking Pulisic, yeah. and then you got Werner. Werner. They're not they're not on Mount. Not, all of them could be moved Loftus on. Loftus Cheek, Ross Barkley, justice for Ross Barkley. He <laughs> <laughs> doesn't deserve justice in that side. Uh, but that that forward line, honestly, every single one that you've named would be at risk of getting transferred this season because they haven't produced the numbers. So, if in my opinion, for him to move down south as well might be quite attractive because all his family are still there. Um, and I just think the time might be right to try and make because he will be a figurehead in that side whereas in City he's just another number and it just depends on whether he wants to go into that figure that role at a club um, it obviously remains to be seen if City would ever let him go to a club who could potentially start closing the gap on them because Sterling would add a ridiculous amount of numbers uh, to Chelsea's forward line but um I think that one just makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I know what you're saying, but I'm not sure I agree, especially about the kind of moving back down south thing. Yes, he is a London lad, and I can see him playing for a London club in the future, but he's lived in the northwest for like 12, 13 years now, hasn't he? Since uh, since he went there from QPR as a 16-year-old or 15-year-old. So I guess he's kind of used to it in that sense. But it's really interesting. He's got a year left on his City deal. We might not hear anything. He might not um, move at all. He might just get a contract at some point in the first few months of next season. Who knows? But it's certainly an interesting one that is uh, making waves on the back pages today. Another player who could be on their way, and this one looks more likely than a sterling departure, that's for sure, is the Wolves midfielder Ruben Neves, who is allegedly um, set to leave the club, according to some sources. Wolverhampton Wanderers sporting director has come out and said that they are realistic over the midfielder's future. To me, Marley, that's that term there, realistic over the future... For someone who's 25 years old, he's under contract until 2024. He's been with Wolves five years. That, to me, says that he could be on his way. Yeah, I would uh, I would think that. I think the time is right for everybody With when it comes to Neves. I think I've said it before on the podcast. Um, in my opinion, he's give Wolves enough. Um, it's not like you're, you're just starting to see him settle down and, and become a player, like a real good player, and then, then he's off. You know, they've had... Five years of of Neves, four in the Premier League. Um, you know, since he was uh, since he was twenty, he came to came to Wolves, which was an incredible move because I think he was captain of Porto at the time, and and Wolves pulled him over to to England and their project with with uh, Nuno Nuno Santo and and uh, George Mendes, his agent, making making that move possible for him. So, I think at twenty five, 
when Wolves look with respect to Wolves, they're not going anywhere fast. I think Wolves, Wolves' challenge next season is to finish in the top half. Um, I know they finished in the top half this season, and at one point they could have could have qualified for Europe, but they didn't have that consistency and and didn't have that uh, talent to to take themselves further. I don't think so. I think when when players start going, you know what is it is it time for me to move if I if I can. Um, I think he can't really stand in the way and Neves is, is certainly the jewel in that crown because he plays in a position where there aren't that many players playing really in the Premier League. If you look at top class defensive midfielders who, who are really comfortable on the ball and, and a, a complete sort of all-round midfielder can tackle, can pass, can shoot from range like no one's business. You know, I think this is uh, this is time for them to say uh, thanks for your service but we'll take 55 million and and we'll sell you to to Man United or to uh, whoever wants him, really. But yeah, I think it's uh, it's time for him to move on. Yeah, I think he's coming into the peak of his career, isn't he? As you know, as you say, with what he's been able to achieve at Wolverhampton Wanderers, and I think those two seasons in the Europa League probably kept him in situ at Molyneux. I'm not saying that he wanted to leave at that point, but certainly playing European football is what someone who's a Portugal international will want to be doing, Joel, rather than a 10th place finish in the Premier League. And that's no disrespect to Wolves. I actually actually think they've had quite a good season, but they did end the campaign poorly in terms of their results. I think they got two points from the last seven games or something like that. Might well be mistaken, so apologies to Wolves fans if I've got that wrong. But it certainly didn't finish as well as they would have hoped, considering they were up and around the European spots for a a decent um, chunk of the campaign. And towards the end of the season, they let that slip and ended up finishing 10th. So do you think that that might have been the catalyst for Neves to think, okay, now's the time to move on. As Marley says, been here five years. I've got a promotion. I've played in Europe a couple of times. Now we finish 10th. I think my time here is done. He's He's been part of a pretty exciting period of time, an exciting era for Wolves in the last four years where like... They've become a very strong side where clubs have found it difficult to play against them at their ground. And like you say, they've had a promotion and they've played in Europe and they've just developed under, obviously, Nuno first of all. And then now Bruno Large has developed a really good side. But I feel like now he's just outgrowing the club where if he stays, I feel like he's just stunting his growth. He's ready to go into that next level, um, whether it's at United or whether it's at Arsenal. I think both moves are really good for him and he would suit both clubs to an absolute T, I think. Um, I think it just depends on if he's going to get priced out or not because I don't know if he's worth the 60 million that's being quoted, but there's a massive shortage of top quality midfielders, especially a, a, a guy who's been in the Premier League for four years and he's still only 25 I mean that's pretty rare that and he's a Portugal international too these these are rare traits for a player and um, he, he plays like a captain I think he was captain of Porto before he arrived at Wolves that just shows what kind of character he is in the, and it's probably what's a character that United needs someone who is ready made to lead even though you don't need the captain's armband so I think he'll be a player United look at if the Frankie de Jong transfer doesn't pull off I think he'll be the kind of fallback guy. I think he's a, I think he's a better fit for Man United than Frankie De Jong. I think mm. De Jong would come in, and even though he's a class player, like the wages you would have to yeah. spend on him. There's the Ten Hag link, isn't it? That's yeah, the, that's the thing. It's the Ten Hag. Yeah, but we've seen players go from Ajax and, and not do it at the the new club, Delict and and Van der Beek. You know, there there's more questions over 
over De Jong in the Premier League, and there's no questions over Neves in the Premier League. So if they come for a similar fee and Neves is on half as much wages, that's true. I think it's I think it's one of the easiest tap-ins Man United could have in terms of transfers. Mm. It, that's on the market right now. Yeah, I really do. And of course, um, Ruben Neves's agent is I think the same agent that Cristiano Ronaldo uses. So. No, no, there's a Portuguese link there at Manchester United with Bruno Fernandes and uh, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. So there's definitely a, a likelihood that that could happen. It's interesting you throw up Barcelona because Barcelona, along with Manchester United and Arsenal, are the alleged clubs leading the way for his signature. I mean, Barcelona obviously are not in the best of positions. They got knocked out of the Europa League and they're trying to rebuild. They don't have much money at the moment. Manchester United, very similarly, in the midst of a rebuild. So too Arsenal. So they're all three clubs that are linked within Mali that are kind of in the middle of some sort of regenerative process. Yeah, it's um, it's a very much a project thing of of what he's going into. But I think with the experiences he's had, you know, he's he's well suited for that. You know, he went into Wolves with a project like they were in the Championship, and he left Porto in the Champions League to go to the Championship, and he won it. And he was central to it and he's in player of the season and all the rest of it and scoring bangers every couple of weeks that, that made, you know, highlight reel uh, finishes, some mad volleys from 39 yards and whatever. And he, he enjoyed it and he came up and he, he didn't miss a beat in the Premier League. He's always been, you know, part of that and he's one of Wolves' main players. And I don't think um, he'd be adverse to it. And it's not a case of whether you can convince him because I think he's he's the type of player that rolls his sleeves up and says, right, well, you know, what can I do to help the team and what can I do to to um, to improve this this side? Because I don't think he's a player. If if you look at his career so far, he's not a player who who moans and and um, wants a, wants a bigger move. I don't think, even though we're talking about Neves moving on to another club. It's not coming from Neves, is it? It's coming from other teams no. needing a player like Neves. It's not him going, I've had enough yeah. of Wolves, this is rubbish. You know, they're only finishing 10th. Yeah, and it, it, it sounds like, you know, he's going with the good grace of the Wolves fans. 100%, and even the sporting yeah. directors saying, listen, we understand why he would want to move on. And I think fans respect that a lot more. And I think you're probably more likely to get a move if you act in that way. Rather, if you do something like what some players have done and, and hand in a transfer request or leave banging the drum and kicking and yeah. screaming sometimes that's when you get sort of less favour from supporters yeah um, I think everything's been handled sort of well so far I think you know if, if he left and went to Man United and Man United played Wolves on the opening day of, uh, of the season next season you know there wouldn't be booze ringing out around Molyneux there'd be there'd be uh, sort of well, well wishes towards him um, even though he's going to what Wolves will see as a as a, a division rival in terms of what they want to achieve, but um, they'll they'll move on. Their their sort of transfer business will um, will not stop with the exit of of Ruben Neves. I've, I've already read that they're gonna go and sign uh, João Palinha from from Sporting Lisbon, who's the next defensive midfielder off the uh, off the sort of um, conveyor belt of of Sporting. So you know is. Um, Everyone wins really in this situation. They'll make a big profit. Neves will go to a, a team playing in Europe and, and hopefully competing for things. Uh, and Wolves will move on without him with the money and, and replace him for for half the fee. Well, Ruben Neves could be on his way out of Wolverhampton Wanderers, according to reports. 
so too could another midfielder from another Premier League club. Now, this one would be a shock. We'll talk about some of the other transfer rumours doing the rounds in the Premier League next here on Football Social Daily. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Football's Social Daily. Find more great sport at sport-social.co.uk. Final part of today's podcast. This is Football Social Daily from Sport Social, an award-winning Premier League show full of news and full of opinion, down to three days a week at the moment due to the fact that the season has finished. But hit subscribe and that way you won't miss all the latest transfer gossip. And that's what we're going to get stuck into now, the gossip. Chelsea's Mason Mount could be involved in a shock move to Manchester United. That's according to The Sun. Mount hasn't signed a new contract at Stamford Bridge. Of course, there's been a lot of turbulence off the field in terms of Chelsea. Chelsea's ownership. The American consortium fronted by Todd Burley looks to have taken over the club from Roman Abramovich over the last day or so. That's, I think, yet to be ratified officially, but it looks pretty much guaranteed that that's going to be the case. What that means for Chelsea next season, we don't know. But as the Sun report, Chelsea's Mason Mount could be involved in a shock move to Man United, Joel. I think the key word is shock because this is one that I wouldn't have seen coming and I personally don't think will happen. But what's your take as a United fan? It's not for me, that one, at all. Um, I would be absolutely massively shocked if that was to happen um, just because he's a Chelsea boy, isn't he? I don't think he would ever want to leave that club because he's well, he's the main figurehead in that midfield constantly for Thomas Tuchel, so I think he'd be stupid to move there. Um, for me, I don't really rate him massively in terms of his quality. He's a great, he's a really good player for that Chelsea side, but I mean, if it, if it was down to me, I'd easily prefer to have Ruben Neves than uh, Mason Mount, easily. Um, and that's just, I don't know, it's purely because I just don't feel as though he's the right player for United. I think he just suits that Chelsea system really well. And even still, he he does has inconsistencies in that Chelsea midfield. I spoke to one of my friends who's a big Chelsea fan, and even he says, you know, even though he is a Chelsea boy, he's he's someone who does lack that... The, the way in which, for example, Jorginho or uh, Kovacic plays in that midfield... They, they have a bit of consistency to their game, whereas Mason Mount sometimes can go missing in some of the bigger games. Um, but I think it's purely just one of those poker games of increasing his contract and making sure that gets signed and sealed because I just don't believe he'll ever leave there unless Chelsea actually get rid of him um, purely because of his, his, um, his quality going down. Um, but he's like only I said, 23, though. I mean, you talk about what he's experienced. He's played for England in... 
a European Championship final. He's played for Chelsea in a Champions League final and won it. He's played in a number of finals at Wembley, two this season, of which he's lost both. The FA Cup final last season, I think the playoff final with Derby, I mean, there's this record going around, isn't there, of the amount of finals he's lost at Wembley. But to be 23 years of age, to be a mainstay in the Chelsea team and actually be someone who's won a Champions League and an England regular, it's not like he's a a, a bad player. I mean, I find it really interesting, this narrative around Mason Mount, about that he's kind of maybe li- missing a little bit of end product. Or I, just, I think he's a very good player. Oh, he's clearly, he clearly has to be a good player if he's in that Chelsea team and won all of that because he started most of those games, hasn't he? Um, I just... I don't know. I just don't think he suits United and I don't think he suits what the midfield... Don't get me wrong, he's probably an upgrade on the majority of what we've got at the moment, but that's not a parameter for choosing a midfielder. It needs to be someone who is actually the correct midfielder. And um, if it was on a free, I would 100% take it, but I just don't think that'll ever be the case. And I think he'll 100% sign a contract just because I know Thomas Tuchel rates him massively highly in that team. So... Um, yeah, I, I, I think that's a non-starter and I think he'll end up signing a new contract. But I also think as well that the big puzzle in this piece of Frankie de Jong literally has a massive ripple effect on many other different transfers. Um, so we'll have to wait and see on that one. But Fabrizio Romano has just tweeted that United have opened direct talks with Barcelona just now. So let's see how that one goes. Um, but who knows, if that one doesn't come off, then I think anyone... It's anyone's guess, maybe Mason Mount might be a target for United. You mentioned Fabrizio Romano, so let's come on to him now because he's reporting that Yuri Tielemans is still looking for a way out of Leicester City with Arsenal, the named interested club, along with two other unnamed clubs that are supposedly also in the race. Um, we know that Tielemans is a player who's made a real difference at Leicester since he's come in. He's done really, really well for the Foxes, Marley, in the couple of years that he's been there. Scored an iconic goal for them in the FA Cup final, ironically against Chelsea at Wembley. Fired it into the top corner. A a fantastic goal to help Leicester lift the FA Cup. This season's been difficult at King Power Stadium. It's not quite been as successful as the previous two, despite the fact they did get to a European semi-final. And a lot of people have kind of suggested that Tielemans could be on his way in the summer. That looks likely to still be the case, according to the latest reports. Yeah, he's, uh, it, it's another one. It's similar to Neves. I think it, it feels like his time's up at Leicester. I um, don't think it's quite the same as, as Neves in, in the fact that he's, he's won things at uh, at Leicester. He's, you know, he's been part of something which is which has been brilliant to be fair, I think. But as soon as I think it was Rogers in about March said something that it, it almost came out of the blue, like Yuri may need to think about his career and something. And then from that moment on, it was like, right, well, he's he's clearly had words and he wants to leave. Um, but I think to be fair, if you think back to when Leicester signed Tielemans, everyone was like, Jesus Christ, what a, what a coup that is because... Yeah. When he, I think, it, was it Monaco he left? Um, he was on loan, I think, initially, and then they made that's it That's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and it was like, oh, they're never going to get him permanent. He's, he's class. And um, they they did. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think they've they've achieved enough. Um, I think Leicester are starting to rebuild the sort of next version of their side now. Um, I think with, you know, Vardy getting older and they're trying to reform that attack, trying, trying to bring Harvey Barnes and Madison into it a bit more have them take the mantle on and I think with Tielemans it's like okay if you want to sort of do this then I want to leave now rather than be part of this a big part of this next phase of of Leicester um 
but yeah, he, he can he can go and play anywhere. I think I think Arsenal's a good move for him. To be fair, um, him sitting alongside Thomas Partey is a really good uh, base of a midfield behind you know you you your, uh, your young lads, yeah, Odegaard and Saka and Martinelli and Smith Rowe. You know that's a it's a really talented midfield that um, at Arsenal if they can get him. Um, and he's still a great age. He's all rounder, good age, good leader, sort of. Again, and it's another one. It's similar to Neves, as in it comes sort of guarantee, risk free sort of thing. So, yeah, I think it's a smart move if Arsenal can pull it off. Yeah, he's twenty five, just like Ruben Neves. So you know that's a good shout. I think for for Arsenal trying to sign. Yuri Tielemans, um, they seem to be leading the way, according to Fabrizio Romano. We're going to move on to our final transfer rumour of today's show. And it comes from The Athletic, who suggests that Manchester City's Alexander Zinchenko, the left-back, is interesting Everton and Newcastle United. Come to you first then, Marley. Would you be happy with Oleg Zinchenko at your club? Uh, yeah, I would actually, yeah. Um, I like Do you need him a as- left-back? Well, this is what I was going to say. Once Zinchenko leaves City, everyone will realise he's not a left-back. <laughs> he's just a guy that's been playing left-back in a system where he can't get into the midfield. Because if you ever watch... Fabian Delph. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's a bit bit more fit than uh, Fabian Delph. Um, <laughs> if you ever watch Zinchenko for uh, Ukraine, as, as you might get to tonight if, uh, if he plays against Scotland, um, he will play either centre midfield in in a sort of number eight role or he'll play as a number 10. And he's very, very good there. He's genuinely, he's similar to, I can't say this without people thinking I'm comparing him to De Bruyne, but he's similar in terms of like, he's the one trying to make the killer passes. He's the one linking the midfield to the attack. And he's genuinely quality at it. He's just not as good as the other players in the City squad. He's not as good as Bernardo. He's not as good as De Bruyne. He's not as good as like someone like Grealish or Foden either, which is obviously a staggeringly high bar. But by trade, he's a centre midfielder on like number eight slash number ten. So, but if you've got that versatility, it makes him more um, desirable for a transfer. And if he fancies a move, you know, I think is he another one that's twenty five, something like that. So. Yeah, so I mean, if you sign Zinchenko, Marley, mm. um, let's say you don't play him at left back, you play him in central midfield, you've got Joe Linton, which now looks like it's going to be his nailed on position in the middle of the park. So, I mean, is that attacking midfielder position something that Eddie Howe would want to play? Is that somewhere you're you're lacking in quality? Is John Joe Shelby someone who maybe isn't quite good enough to move you to the next level? I mean, what's what's the squad looking like in terms of this is obviously just a rumour with Zinchenko, but let's just say he pitches up at St. James's Park. Where does he fit into the equation? Uh, I think with with our squad, I think we need another midfielder. Um, or Well, certainly we're linked with another midfielder so much that it's obvious that, that we want one. Um, <laughs> whether it's... I think, to be fair, it seems like it's more of an attacking midfielder than Zinchenko, like somebody... Like we're being linked with Lucas Paqueta from, from Leon quite a lot. And he's a genuine sort of number 10 goal scoring sort of second striker and even though Zinchenko can play that position you know would he be brought into the Newcastle squad to do that I, I don't know uh, is the honest answer but we do need a, a left back as well so this kind of fits both roles um, I don't know whether we're signing Matt Target for for permanent um, it doesn't seem that way for now for some reason I think he's uh Destined to go back to Villa and then on to to someone else maybe, but he's been quality for us. So 
maybe we uh, we're looking at alternatives to him. Um, but yeah, I think we need, in terms of the squad, we need a, a left back, um, another midfielder, and uh, another winger. So I mean, Zinchenko, Sterling, and Paqueta would be lovely. <laughs> well, the other side linked with Zinchenko is Everton, Joel. What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> Gosh, uh, got pick of the bunch there, hasn't he? Um, well, in terms of projects, coming from my new fan, <laughs> <laughs> Ali, you'd have to be so sensitive when I mention Newcastle. Um, wow. Obviously, Newcastle's the project on the up, isn't it? And Everton is totally unpredictable what's going to happen next season. Um, so if he's smart about it, Newcastle is obviously the clear choice. And I think he would actually be a really smart signing for them. Um, purely because I think every player who plays under Guardiola, they level up their game in every single department. And I think you'll probably see that if you went to Newcastle in terms of the way he plays and his positional awareness and just everything about it. Every single player I've seen leave City has always looked even better at any other club they've gone to. Um, and I think that just shows how good of a manager Guardiola is. So I think for Newcastle, that'd be such a shrewd signing because I don't think they'd want a, a ridiculous amount for him either. Um, but it would be strange if he does play left back because like Marley said, maybe he is better utilised in a in a midfield or on the wing because I've seen him for Ukraine as well um, at the, the last, was it the last year or was the last World Cup and he was actually really good. Um, where he played so maybe he is underutilised at City and maybe Newcastle can get more out of him but for what he will be probably what 20 million I don't think you can get much of a better player uh, who can fill so many different positions like him so I would definitely go all out for him and I think it'd be wise for him to choose Newcastle Zinchenko, Mount, Ruben Neves, Raheem Sterling, Ivan Perisic, just a few of the names that we've spoken about on today's Football Social Daily. I'm sure there'll be more transfer chat over the course of the summer and you can catch up with it all on Sports Social right here with this podcast, Football Social Daily, if you hit subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. However, on Friday's show, there won't be any transfer talk because it is the Football Social Daily end of season awards myself marley joel and jim will all be there trying to pick winners from various categories including quote of the season moment of the season biggest disappointment of the season who will pick up those gongs well make sure you hit subscribe and that way you'll get friday's show delivered straight to your inbox as soon as it's released you won't want to miss that one but that's it from us on today's episode have a great bank holiday weekend and we'll catch you the other side Football's Social Daily. Find more great sport at sport-social.co.uk. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.